0: I don't have the best signal right now in your place. It's
1: funny. Do you remember, remember when people those. used to do this like all oh, the time?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waving my phone in the I air. I would use first. my phone,
1: but it's on the other. <laughs> I kept it out of the way because I'm...
0: That's all right. I've dropped this thing like three times during this taping. <laughs> <laughs> it's professional. Mm-hmm. So now, what do we talk about? I don't know. <laughs> what do we do now? Happy Batman Day. Happy Batman Day. Yeah. I, I, wore, uh, I, love I, it. I wore jeans today, and my wife was like, It's going to be like 80. Yeah, it's hot. I have the air conditioning on. And I'm like, Yeah, but. Really wanted to wear my Batman Converse, yeah, and I feel like an idiot wearing Converse like high top Converse with shorts. I know it's like totally a thing,
1: people wear high top sneakers. I with just shorts. don't know
0: that I can pull it off, but
1: I mean, nobody pulls it off, yeah, that's that's what I'm afraid of. So, I mean, if you're
0: playing basketball, you
1: pull it off, but sure,
0: yeah. yeah. So, I, I opted for the jeans today, we'll see if that lasts later, mm. but. Uh, I got my got my Batman shirt.
1: I like that shirt,
0: Sharp. It's good. Yeah, it's I'm all in on the Batman day.
1: Yep, happy Batman day. It's his 80th birthday this year.
0: That's nutty. It's
1: crazy. Crazy. He and Superman are the longest yeah. running comic book characters in the world.
0: You just slip into Jeff Goldblum? I don't
1: know. <laughs> and, uh, or with Wonder Woman shortly behind. I think yeah. Wonder Woman's in her 70s. Still looks great, but in her 70s. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say the oldest Marvel characters are well, Captain America. If you really want to get technical, Captain mm. America, the the original Human Torch and Namor, and then the Fantastic Four. I think it's fifty fifty eight this year for the Fantastic Four. Wow! Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. So I hope you're. Everybody's out there celebrating. Uh, TNT is running Batman movies today. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, they're running the four, the first four Batman. So Batman 89 returns forever and Batman and Robin. Uh, oh, no. Wow, what? Uh,
0: I just, Batman and Robin is such a terrible movie. It's so the one that's on now.
1: Uh, I'm looking forward to 89 Batman at 1230 here. Uh, and, you know, it's 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 fun. I mean, it's a, it's a fun day for, certainly for Sean and I. I'm going to try to get out and see... Uh, how Newbery Comics is electing to celebrate Batman Day I get a little time to kill today. So you why know, why not?
0: There's a um, later on this afternoon is uh, the annual Fluff Fest in Somerville. Ah, so if we make it over there, there's a comic shop. It takes place in Union Square, so there's a comic shop right on the corner. Nice in Union Square. I might two birds with one stone. Yeah. Not a bad deal. Let's see what they got going on there. Yeah. I mean, it's,
1: you know, Batman Day, it happens every year, but it's certainly very special this year with it being the 80th birthday of Batman. And I think in uh, Los Angeles and New York and London, they're going to light the bat signal uh, tonight. That's awesome. It is. It's pretty... It's pretty awesome. So, you know, again, celebrate a character that certainly Sean and I love. Um, there's a new movie on the way. By On The Way, it's like two years away, but <laughs> it's on its way. We have a new Batman movie in uh, yeah. June of 2021. Robert Pattinson is going to be Batman. That's the only casting uh, we know right now. I think more will be coming in the next couple of months. Who the villains are, who Alfred will be. Will there be a Robin? Will there won't be a Robin? Mm. All questions. It's going to be directed by Matt Reeves, who did the most recent Planet of the Apes uh, movies. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, plenty of bat stuff to look forward to. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Look forward to the bat. Yes. Look to the sky. You'll see the signal. You'll know it's time. That was cheesy. (laughs) That That was terrible. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is what
0: happens when we don't have a game plan. We really
1: don't, and that's fine.
0: That's totally fine. That's
1: fine. I do have some. If you, I don't know if you want to jump right into viewer feedback, but I, I had a, a few. Uh, great friend of the show, Carrie, um, my old dear friend Carrie from college, she uh, responded on Facebook to our Quentin Tarantino episode, ah, which yeah. was our last episode, our most recent episode before this one. Uh, she was curious how I could have seen Quentin Tarantino movies and not the movie Fern Gully. yeah yeah (laughs) to which i would say well you know we all make choices i mean to be fair they are completely different genres (laughs) it is a very different genre you know i i i barely remember i do remember fern gully being out but i don't uh, i don't know uh Uh, you know if it came across my radar uh, at home or something i'm sure i'd watch it i do like animated movies i'm not a uh yeah, I'm not a snob in that way. I love animation, so uh, I'd watch it. Uh, I haven't, but I have seen just about every Quentin Tarantino movie, and I regret nothing. Um, no, of course not. Well, I, I certainly don't regret seeing uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I actually saw it twice mm. in the movie theater, and I have pre-ordered it uh, through Target for uh, the Blu-ray release. I want to say it's the end of October. They haven't set oh, nice. an official release date, but I think it's the end of October. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing that movie as many times as humanly possible. Because I, I really love that movie, and it has really moved up the Quentin Tarantino chart for me. Mm. Um, I would say it's top three for me. Yeah? Yeah, I would say it's Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for me.
0: I can't wait to check it out. I mean, it was
1: great. I I love that movie. I
0: mean, I I say that, but like I can wait because I am waiting. But I'm very excited for it. I
1: love it. I I can't wait. I hope Brad Pitt gets nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He was really, really terrific. And, you know, I'm sure it's going to win oodles. (laughs)
0: What you're saying is Brad Pitt
1: is a movie star. Brad Pitt's a movie star. Uh, I That's hope it, the, it's the uh, ad. Though it's it? the ad for Ad Astra, which it. which I want to see.
0: Yeah. Um, but, but the <laughs>
1: ad was Brad Pitt gives a movie star performance. Yeah, and it's I, like no shit. <laughs> I just remember thinking, well, if he's not, like, what did you hire him I for? Do. Like. <laughs> It's not that he's a bad actor or anything, it's just he is a movie he, star. That's what he did, yeah. I'd expect nothing there's less. There's like a handful of these people left on the planet.
0: Like water is wet as well. You
1: know. That's like saying George Clooney's a movie star, no shit. <laughs> right. Leonardo DiCaprio, movie star, no shit. Julia Roberts, movie star. Oh, man. Jennifer Lawrence, Will Smith. <laughs> I mean, there's like 10 people left on the planet that you would consider a movie star. Tom Cruise, I mean, no yeah. shit. <laughs> right. Shocker. I'm stunned, stunned, I tell you. But yeah, I hope Pitt wins uh, Best Supporting Actor or is nominated at least. I'm pretty confident they're going to win a lot of technical awards because there's nothing Hollywood likes more than rewarding themselves about movies about them. So uh, uh, yeah. they love rewarding that shit. So That's fair. I would expect a lot of the like production design and art direction stuff they'll get nominated for. You know, I'm always hoping that this is the year for Tarantino for best director. Mm. He's overdue. He's certainly overdue for a best picture. But, you know, we'll see what happens over the next couple months. What else is coming out? Yeah. What movie, uh, what English movie with a guy with a limp who is the aide to the prince? I mean, sure, I'm sure that movie will win all the Oscars. But because they, uh, they love nothing more than a British accent.
0: Yeah. That, and a, and that too. A,
1: a British accent with some sort of ailment or. disability or injury, well, I mean, they'll just go nuts for it.
0: Well, do you want to jump into the rest of the comments section? Let's go to viewer mail. Okay, so uh, we had a number of people reach out to us. Thank you, everyone, for listening and and giving your feedback. Yeah, we love that you're listening. So I'm going to run through a couple of these and uh, just get your your take, your reaction. Some of them are... uh, Agreements. Some of them are disagreements. So I think that's good.
1: Let's do the agreements first. My ego is fragile. Okay. Okay.
0: So uh, via Twitter, uh, the Twitter at Jason Root, Route. Sorry, buddy. Uh, he says you know I, who you are. You know who you are. Shout out to Jason. Thanks for listening. Yep. Yep. Uh, he said I had a thought about how it must have been, how it must have felt for Debra Tate to watch this movie after I saw it. Tarantino broke my heart with this one. Sharon is truly the heart of this movie and Tarantino protects her at all costs I had <laughs> I had to have a little cry about it later <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I mean he's not wrong I, I mean the crying you know we all experience things differently but I do think that he treated Sharon Tate very well in this movie he basically wraps her in bubble wrap I mean <laughs> like <laughs> oh, nothing I mean you know the movie's been out for a while folks so I mean I'm not going to spoil it obviously but like She lives a life in this movie that Not a lot of... We joked about it Last episode, like, if you think about women In Quentin Tarantino movies, it's not Always Ending well. Sharon Tate in this Movie is really well Protected, and she's She moves through it like an angelic Figure, like, the sun Is always shining, and the birds are always singing She's like a Disney princess, it's like Snow White (laughs) Yeah, You're just waiting for the animals to flock to her At the New Beverly, I mean, it was just it was really something to see. I agree with Jason. She was uh, she was treated well in this movie.
0: Uh, Lee T from Knoxville, Tennessee via Facebook. Shout out Facebook. to Lee. Thanks for listening. Thank you for reaching out, Lee. Basically, he just says, I, you know, I love this movie. Tied for number one with Jackie Brown.
1: I love Jackie Brown. I agree. Jackie Brown underrated. I think so Highly underrated Of
0: all the Tarantino flicks Definitely underrated
1: I've stolen uh, the Sam I don't remember how this came up But there's a line in Jackie Brown Where Sam Jackson goes Well, is she (laughs) dad? And I just like the way he says it So something happened the other day And I was like Well, is he dad? And it's (laughs) It just makes me laugh
0: do you think that movie would have done better at a different time? Like, did it, yes. just, it just hit the wrong time? I
1: don't know about the wrong time. It's just coming after Pulp Fiction, I think everybody was look And Reservoir Dogs and True Romance. and he had mm. really been in the pop culture. You know, that next movie, people are really looking to, you know, knock you down. I would still contend there are great performances in that movie. Um, yeah. Robert Forrester. Uh, Pam Greer, obviously, Sam Jackson, De Niro doing a very un-De Niro. Um, I'm a sucker for Michael Keaton. Batman Michael Keaton. Batman Michael Keaton, back to Batman Day. There's just there's a lot of good stuff in Jackie Brown. I enjoy Jackie Brown quite a bit.
0: At that underscore brown coat via Instagram. Sure. What is a brown coat? I don't know. I don't want to know. Not sure I want to know. I don't it. think yep. I want to know. Nope. Uh, that was a pretty nice summation of a character. Very nice. Uh, a couple emojis made my day cinematically speaking in such big grinny face emoji. Yeah. At visual 305 via Instagram, I've been saying the exact same thing. Thank you for being a sane, intelligent person who gets it.
1: Thumbs up. I've never been called sane and intelligent <laughs> in the same <laughs> sentence. So thank you to you. Thank you, sir. Or madam. Do we just become best friends. Right. <laughs>
0: All right. Let me hit you with this, uh, Are we getting into the negatives now? Let me hit you with this negative before I hit you with this other one. At Elliot Pass 76 via Instagram. Thank you, Elliot Pass.
1: I'm going to hold off on the thank you until I hear what he says. (laughs) Okay. All
0: right. He says, I disagree that it was an empty, shallow portrayal of a legend who was far more complicated than a star with her feet up watching herself. There are countless books on Sharon and Polanski. He could have, he being Tarantino, could have read to write a real character but he chose to offer a weak hollywood bimbo version men seem to swoon over for like tarantino's zombie army okay well
1: (laughs) i guess what i would say is if the movie were actually about sharon tate you'd be correct the movie is not about sharon tate the movie is about leonardo dicaprio is rick dalton and Brad Pitt as Cliff Booth.
0: And it's not biographical. It let's, is not an autobiography. Let's reiterate
1: our It point is from not last true time. crime. It's not Dateline. It's not yeah. 60 Minutes. It's a fictional portrayal that is really centered on Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Sharon Tate is a bit player in the movie. Mm. I guess that's where I come down on that.
0: Fair enough. And then this one you'll get a kick out of at Formula underscore Shays via Instagram. I think I know where this is going. You know where this is going, and uh, I'm just going to put it out there. Great. He did provide me some context for the 15-minute uh, expose in Hateful Eight.
1: Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I knew where yeah, this was you know. going.
0: So he says the reason that there's a 15-minute expose in Hateful Eight is because it comes from after the admission on the roadshow version, which you, you and I both know he's seen a couple times.
1: Oh, he loves Hateful Eight. Uh,
0: yeah, he said he's willing to die on that mountain. but Fine. He also goes on to say, the thing that sets guys like Nolan, Tarantino, Spielberg apart from the pack is their unabashed love of other people's movies and homaging them without directly ripping anyone off. I would agree with that. So, I, had I would to, 100% I, agree. I, I wanted to lead with the Hateful Eight because I know how you feel about the movie.
1: <laughs> I know, <laughs> but, also, I know how he feels about it. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with the Nolan, Tarantino, Spielberg thing. Um, that is what makes them them. They watched they were voracious watchers of film i mean they're tarantino. truly students of film <laughs> tarantino certainly is i mean yeah. spielberg certainly was as well so um and i know nolan uh, is a film guy too so it doesn't surprise me i mean you know the dark knight is essentially the movie heat i mean yeah. uh, chris <laughs> nolan loves yeah. uh, heat as do i uh, another reason why chris nolan and i are best friends Mm, great Uh, friend of the show Christopher Nolan great friend of the show you're welcome to join us anytime um (laughs) call me back please uh (laughs) also tell me what Tenet's about um (laughs) while you're at it while you're at it the movie that comes out next summer why don't you tell me what it's about because nobody knows yeah so he basically loves the movie Heat so do I you know Tarantino's movies are filled with homages and stolen moments stolen in quotes Spielberg you know he and Lucas loved 1940s movie serials, which is how Indiana Jones came to be. It's how, uh, Star Wars came to be. So yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I think there's the,
0: it seems obvious, but there's a, there's a difference between creator and consumer, Mm. uh, in that it's not that creators can't be consumers. Um, you know, obviously being students of film, these people watch movies, right? Yes, they do. Musicians listen to other people's music. Right. The difference is consumers do just that they consume it yes they scarf it down and quickly palatably uh and as much as possible okay right creators dissect things they they consume it with a little bit more care and appreciation and then they they take that and they apply it to their own art and that's uh that's a huge difference between guys like you know nolan and spielberg and i would agree some of these other no-name directors
1: yeah i would agree
0: Well, that's it for the comment section. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, (laughs) This is episode thirteen. In case you missed it,
1: you know, I want to. I do. I know we joke about the negative and the positive. Like, you know, what what I always say is, you're free to feel however you want to feel about anything. Star Wars, Batman, Kevin Smith, Quentin Tarantino. My only, I don't, I don't want to loop back, but the guy who is like, you know, Sharon Tate's an empty vessel. The o- again, the only thing I want to the only yeah. thing I can say about it is, yeah man, you can feel that way. That's perfectly fine. You don't have to love it. It's just let's get the let's get the facts straight. Like what's the Obama line he stole from Daniel Moynihan? You're allowed your own opinion. You're not allowed your own set of facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's just get I just want to set the parameters straight of what the movie really is about and then what it's not. And I understand the movie kind of got sold by people as like, oh, he's doing Tate and he's doing uh, Charles Manson. Yeah, there was that kind of marketing. That's not what the movie's about. I don't I don't even think that was his idea. It's a know? piece of it. Sure. I yeah. mean, she's in the movie. So is Charles Manson. So is the family. Uh, you know, the uh, the climax of the movie happens on the day of her murder. Like, I get it. But the vast majority of that movie, you are spent with DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. It's about, you know, a a struggling actor and a struggling stuntman, neither of which are Sharon Tate. Sean is sorry, violently looking for something. uh, I
0: found it. So when you run things on a computer like uh, Pro Tools or uh, any sort of resource-heavy (laughs) program or software, it drains your battery really quickly. Yeah. Uh, And I just happened to glance up at my battery percentage and it's at like 40%. Oh,
1: we want to plug that Um, in. So
0: I'm going to plug this in.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Because, you know,
0: that would be the worst. That would be great. (laughs) And then I couldn't find the freaking charger. um, And I thought for a second that it like fell out in my car or something. I was like, God damn it. But we're (laughs) fine. We're fine. We're plugged
1: and ready to go. Great. So, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I I do think Sony engaged in a little bit of marketing of saying like, hey, Sharon Tate. But it's really about DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Yeah. And it's about Hollywood, and it's about Hollywood at a very specific time in the history of cinema, which is essentially the 1950s and 1960s, where that era of movie making had come to an end. Westerns were starting to fade out. The idea of the square jawed hero or leading man was being phased out because look in the next five years yeah. after when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood beat would be made, it, when Rick, if Rick Dalton were a real person, look at who the leading men are in the next decade. I mean, Robert Redford aside, who's handsome, but like Dustin Hoffman, John Voigt, Al Pacino, De Niro, John Cazale, Christopher Walken, I mean, they're not the 1950s, 60s Western cowboy hero. Do you think people like...
0: Obviously, you know, Elliot's probably not the first person to to go into this movie feeling that way or come out of no, it feeling I'm that sure way. No, I'm sure he wasn't. Do you think? Um, do you think a second pass would would serve some people well? See uh, it again? Like maybe they went into it thinking the wrong. If they
1: want to, they were
0: seeing the wrong movie or a different
1: movie. I'm, hey, if you want to, sure. I, don't know. I, I mean, mean, if you want to, sure. If you don't, you don't. That's that's all right. I also find his movie. I, I enjoy his movies more and more each time I see them. So mm. I mean, for me, I enjoy them on a repeat experience.
0: See, you're you're somewhere in the middle between consumer and mm-hmm. creator at this point because mm-hmm. consumers just going to see that movie once, call it a day. They're going to make have their opinion about it, and that's it. Mm. But if you can go back to a movie multiple times and get new shit out of it. Mm. You're learning from it.
1: It's just also a beautiful movie to watch. Like it's, it's lovingly created Mm. that he was able to recreate 1969 Los Angeles. Just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff I like. I also, so I saw it with Kendra, my wife, um, who's not really a Tarantino person, but is, (laughs) wait, what does that mean? She'll see it, but she's not like, yeah, Tarantino. Okay. Right. Not like me where I'm like two weeks
0: Tarantino's not getting her in the door. Yes. But she likes the film.
1: Yeah. But yeah. if you think of a movie in three acts, which it is, the second act is very heavy on DiCaprio shooting a Western TV show. She doesn't like that part of it. That The sure. movie kind of sagged for her at that point. Okay. Whereas for me, I'm like, I, I would watch 20 hours of that. I yeah. love... It's almost like a behind the scenes kind of thing. I love that right? shit. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of good stuff. DiCaprio is really good in that period. The little girl is in that period. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Timothy Oliphant is in that spot. Luke Perry's cameo is in that spot. There's a lot of stuff there that I really, really like. To me, the movie cruises by at two hours and whatever. I love it. And like I said, I can't wait to have it at home so I can watch it whenever I want to. Because, you know, I like looking at the different visual. Like, I try to look at it a little differently each time. Like, maybe this time I'm going to concentrate more on, like, The production design And how Like oh he did that Building that way Or the car Like I just The way he does shit Intrigues me Because he's an Intriguing guy to me He's Absolutely You know He's that There's like a group Of directors That You know, you know them by, in five seconds, you can figure out they made a movie. (laughs) Right. His name kind of sells it. There's very few people like that left. Right. And I I say this lovingly, those Marvel movies, aside from a couple, um, those Marvel movies could be made by anybody. And I I say that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love Marvel movies, so this is not that. It's just, and again, like, I'll use Black Panther as an example. Uh, You know, Ryan Coogler made... A hell of a movie, and I'm not sure everybody could have made that.
0: I don't think it's a career-defining... I mean... For Ryan Coogler, sure it is. It made a uh, bajillion dollars. In terms of... Yeah, I mean, in terms of success, it was definitely a successful movie. But in terms of stylistically, I don't know that it's stylistically career-defining for him.
1: No, but I mean, he broke... (laughs) I mean... They for, broke for fuck's a say, lot. Creed
0: of, is more stylistically defining. For yeah, like Ryan but they Googler.
1: broke a lot of. They've rewrote what you could do now. The mm. old feeling was an all African American cast outside of the U.S. would not sell a movie. It's not true. Right. Because Black Panther was a huge hit, not just in America but all around the world. So. Ah. Uh, you know if you're talking about the actual style of the movie, no, it looks like a Marvel movie, right? Yeah, there yeah. are some great visuals like the Waterfalls. Oh, and, no, like yeah, Wakanda absolutely. is incredible. But yeah. like, I'd use that as one of the outliers of like, well, maybe not everybody could make the Black Panther. But like, I'll use the I love Spider-Man homecoming, but literally anybody could have made Spider-Man homecoming. yeah, like I, I just it was a good Spider-Man movie. I like it. I like Tom Holland. Michael nope. Keaton was great. Um, You know, the Spider-Man-y moment in the middle With him and Keaton in the car Is one of the best If not the best, like, ten minutes of a Spider-Man movie I've ever seen (laughs) Like, in that ten minutes It encapsulates everything about that character Of just how heartbreakingly close His fictional life and real life are Like, all of that worked for me But ten people could have made that movie Agreed One person could have made Pulp Fiction One person could have made Inception one person could have made jaws in Jurassic Park those guys don't come around often no they really don't
0: it's kind of you the know, kind of a spoil of riches for us to be alive at the same time as all of these people I think so considering how infrequently they do come around it's just like I think so it's like we live in such a crazy time but I love when I grew up I can't wait to see when the next generation of filmmakers can do I love when I, I hope someone steps up,
1: you know what I mean? Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, I nobody's going to do like nobody's going to replace Tarantino. It's just No, what no, will somebody do next that's interesting and innovative? Yeah, yeah, I'm not looking
0: for another Tarantino.
1: But you know, I thought there'd be a rash of movies that were shot that were put together out of sequence like Pulp Fiction was. It didn't never really took off. Even though it's a great way to do sure. a movie that's different. Like yeah, the yeah. idea that the start of the movie is not really the start of the story. You're getting it in the middle. Right. That's actually the end. It's Yeah, it's closer to the end. <laughs> actually, if you think about it, it's closer to yeah. the end. Um, nobody's really doing that. It's happened a few times, but it's not, you know, like when, when they made The Matrix, everybody did the bullet thing. Yes. That was in commercials. It was everywhere. Tarantino shot, you know, put Pulp Fiction together out of sequence and nobody's done it really. I think it's I hard really enough to tell a story. more that would be
0: copied. Yeah, I just think it's too, it's hard enough to tell a story from start to finish uh, and have it oh, resonate with people. But to tell a story from end to middle to beginning to middle to beginning to end... <laughs> it takes, it <laughs> takes <laughs> balls, that's, is what you're looking at. That's for. almost impossible.
1: Uh, it takes a lot of guts, a
0: very imagine, sizable
1: ego. Like Yeah,
0: imagine pitching that.
1: Ugh. I mean, I don't think he had to pitch it. I mean, I think that's the thing, right, is... At that time, Miramax, and I know I just said a dirty word, but at the time, Miramax (laughs) was, that was independent cinema. You can kind of do what you wanted.
0: Yeah, fair.
1: Soderbergh did Sex, Lies, and Videotape, Kevin Smith with Clerks and all that. You can kind of do, you weren't constrained by the studio system.
0: Yeah, so I don't think
1: he had to pitch much at all. I mean, True Romance was a huge hit. Uh, Reservoir had hit. He did the rewrite for Crimson Tide. Like, he didn't, he didn't have to. I think he said, this is the movie I want to make. And they said, okay. I don't think they fought him on much of anything. I think that's why he and Weinstein got along so well. Harvey really didn't. I mean, he made suggestions. I mean, he famously told Tarantino, like, if you made Kill Bill PG-13, this would make a billion Mm dollars. He didn't because Quentin wanted it to be an R-rated movie. I've also said if, if Inglorious Bastards were PG thirteen, people would call it one of the great World War II movies ever made.
0: <laughs> uh, ironically, because again, it's fiction. You know? But
1: what kills it isn't so much the fiction. What kills it is scalping. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> like my dad loves war movies. <laughs> like that'll here's do it. here's the dividing line. Okay. My dad loves war movies. Yeah. He won't see Inglorious Bastards because he doesn't want to see a guy get scalped. I can't say I blame them. Not everybody wants that in their life.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. I get right. it.
1: I mean, fair enough. I use my dad as an example a lot because it's kind of like if you have if you've lost my dad, you've really lost it. I'll use another example. <laughs> OK. My dad's seen all the Captain America movies. Yeah. He's seen all of Iron Man and he's seen all the Avengers movies. He hasn't seen Batman, Superman. And he refused to, even though he knows more about both of those characters than he does about any of the Avengers. Saw the trailer, said, no, nope, this just doesn't work for me. He read the reviews. He talked to me and he was like, yeah, I'm good.
0: That's so crazy. Cause I mean, I thought I saw that trailer as a, a fan of Batman, Superman and the whole I was pumped after those trailers and those trailers really got me going.
1: I was pumped after those trailers. I mean, I don't, I,
0: you and I have talked about this before. I, I don't really put a whole lot of. Weight behind other people's reviews. nah
1: I, uh, critical reviews don't do it for me. But the trailer was fine. Both trailers were <laughs> excellent.
0: Yeah, I thought that we, they were great. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I thought, oh, they're gonna—they're really doing this, and this is different, and I don't know. This Steve. is gonna—this is gonna launch a universe, and DC is gonna make a bunch of interconnected superhero movies. we will get to the Justice League. Turned out, you know, it was—it was shit.
0: Oh, it all fell apart really quick.
1: It's unfortunate. I mean, yeah. We, I think we all learned some valuable lessons (laughs) Okay, from the DC extended universe. You can't rush it. You can't just will it into being by force of nature. You know what I watched this? I watched last night. I watched John Wick one and two. Yeah. What'd you think? I liked both. I thought two was so much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to get three then? Yeah. Oh, I'm in on three. (laughs) Okay, Okay. Um, I, I mean 1 was excellent but for whatever reason 2 really scratched me where I itched. Mm. Well, I I I will tell you. I'm a sucker for those uh kind of like weird sitcom-y, like they did a show together so now they're back together in this other show and it's like, "Hey, don't I know you from somewhere?" Uh, okay. So when Lawrence Fishburne shows up in John Wick 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. he's talking to Keanu Reeves, you just go, "It's Morpheus in Neo." <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is great. <laughs> This is great. I want this. They're doing a. Yeah.
0: They are making a new Matrix movie.
1: Yes. But not Fishburne. I think it's just no, Carrie I don't, Ann Moss yeah, and Keanu Reeves, we'll which is a bummer. We'll see. Lawrence Fishburne in The Matrix, by the way, is underrated. Is he underrated? Oh, I think so. I think Lawrence Fishburne is
0: terrific. I do too, but is he underrated? Is anyone saying he's meh?
1: Who talks about him in The <laughs> Matrix? But no, all you talk about is The Bullet Time or Keanu Reeves. I don't know. Lawrence Fishburne is terrific in The Matrix. Morpheus. He's really, really good.
0: I think most people who have seen The Matrix will say Morpheus. He's really, you know really I mean? good.
1: Yeah, I think he's tremendous. He's got that I meme. I love Lawrence
0: Fishburne. He, he birthed that meme, the, the blue pill, red pill meme.
1: That's right. <laughs> I love Lawrence Fishburne. I think Lawrence Fishburne is is underrated. Oh, he's phenomenal. I love Lawrence Fishburne. He's great as Perry White. He was one of the bright spots in Batman, Superman. He was great as Perry White. Agreed. He was terrific. And Man of Steel.
0: And Man of Steel. He yeah. was
1: great. Boys in the Hood and all the great stuff that Fishburne's been in. He's terrific.
0: Yeah, great friend of the show, Lawrence, cool. if, you're, if you're in the greater Boston area. I wish. Let's, uh, let's sit you let's down. Let's talk
1: about John Wick too. There are so many good actors. They surround Keanu Reeves with all these good actors, like John Leguizamo and uh, Fishburne, Ian McShane. Like, there's just a lot of, like, really good, I, there's good stuff.
0: I 100% support this, like, Keanu Reeves renaissance that's happening right now I love Keanu Reeves I love that he like he's kind of a a big deal right now
1: and I tell you what Marvel Kevin Feige if you're listening because I know you need my advice because I know things aren't really going your way right now you know if you want to make the silver surfer there's only one man who can be the silver surfer
0: you want to put Keanu Reeves as the silver surfer
1: yes I do yes I could see that 110 percent yes I and I'm going to go this way. Lawrence Fishburne should be Galactus. R- really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. I mean, I'm not saying no, but give I mean, me that now. In my b- veins, just inject it now. I. You know what?
0: That could work for me. Mm-hmm. That could work for me.
1: Let me help you out. Mister Fantastic should be John Krasinski. Yes. The Mrs., Emily Blunt should be Sue Storm. Okay, sure. I like this. I'm working right now on Johnny Storm Human and Torch. And then
0: we can get Chris Evans, big movie star, to be the human
1: torched. No, we've done that. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who I really like for Human Torch. Find me a good looking hotshot young kid. Maybe Zach Efron. Like if we're gonna go big. Zach Efron.
0: Wasn't it a couple episodes ago that you were shitting on Zach Efron?
1: No, not at all. Okay. Uh-uh. Maybe, maybe I, I don't have... care.
0: Alright. Yeah, you do need someone who's kind of like almost like a young Tony Stark, you mm-hmm. know, like that the playboy Tony Stark pre-Iron yep. Man. Like you kind of yep. need that kind of character. I'm also
1: working on Ben Grimm, the thing. Cuz Chickless was actually a, in that first I loved Chickless. Chickless was great. I don't know that you'd get him now because he was burned so bad, but like
0: he was gr- he was great as the thing. I don't know if you get now. Dwayne uh, I'm so hesitant to put Dwayne Johnson in everything.
1: But he, I know he and Marvel talk all the time about doing something like he's only on screen as himself for a little while. Is it too
0: on the nose to, to make the giant rock man, the rock?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) I also feel like it's Marvel. They can get away with anything now. Like they have carte blanche, like, and everything works like their instincts are. So here's what I know about the fantastic four movie. That's inevitably going to be made and announced. Their instincts for this shit is just so good. Mm. I trust them implicitly to make a great Fantastic Four movie. I do have one suggestion on Doctor Doom. I really like the guy who played the villain in Mission Impossible, the most recent two Mission Impossible movies, Sean Harris. He's really good. He doesn't like franchise movies, so good luck, but (laughs) even though they brought him back for two Mission Impossible movies, even though they promised him that at the end of Rogue Nation he'd die, but they changed their mind halfway through. I mean, that's a if if
0: you don't like franchise movies, what are you dipping your toes into Mission Impossible for? Money. That's I mean that's good script and money. That's a long ass franchise to jump into.
1: Yeah, I wonder if he'll be back for um, seven and eight, because his character is still alive. Mm. So I'd be intrigued to see if he comes back. Chris Macquarie's a hell of a writer. And he really understands Mission Impossible. There's a part of me that's like, can you direct every Mission Impossible movie from here on out? (laughs) I got to believe after five of these, he's going to want to stop. But he did such a great job with the last two that it's just like, can you just do these all the time now? (laughs) You know, if he hadn't played Drax already, Batista would be a great Ben Grimm. Yeah, agreed. But he's already. Yeah. Come on, WWE. Come up with a new giant charismatic big man. John Cena. I don't hate it. You know? Can I tell you? I don't hate it. I can see it. He'd be great. He's the gonna, voice is perfect.
0: He's going to be in the Suicide Squad. His voice uh, is perfect. How did I thing. not
1: think of John Cena? God damn!
0: No, it's perfect. Cena's perfect. He's doing the movies now. Here's so. the
1: thing: John Cena, boom, franchise.
0: You're welcome. Ba, ba, ba,
1: ba. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I mean, uh, here's what I and know. About someone, oh my
0: god, I just had this this moment. So John Cena is the thing, and someone can be like, "What do we call you? The Rock?" And he's like, "No, no." <laughs> Don't call me that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a freebie for you guys. The one thing we know about Marvel, right? Casting. I great. can't. I can't name a role they've miscast except for one. There's always one, <laughs> which is Mickey Rourke and Iron Man. <laughs> yep. yep. Awful. I knew you like were gonna go. Like Sam there. Rockwell, great choice. Yes. Scarjo, great choice. Downey, probably the greatest choice in the history of film. Paul Bettany, like the litany of people they have cast perfectly in the Marvel universe is stunning, but they got Mickey Rourke way wrong. Yeah. Like horribly wrong. And I understand, I understand it. the wrestler was big and blah, 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 it blah. It kind of seemed blah, like he was going to have a moment. It's the one you choice know? they made that was simply l- that kind of reeks of, this is how studios make decisions. Yeah. Mickey Rourke almost won an right Oscar. Now. He's yeah. hot right now. Let's put yeah. him in our superhero movie. Nah. Yeah. And, pfft, terrible. You're
0: right. They they kind of showed their hand a little bit there. Terrible.
1: Just awful, awful choice. But other than that, yeah. like every choice they've made has worked. Evans is Captain America. Hemsworth is Thor. Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange was the biggest no-brainer on the planet. Yeah. The kid as Spider-Man, like Tom, Tom, Tom Holland. Holland is a hell of a choice. Great Spider-Man. The Guardians of the Galaxy, all of them. Pratt, you know what I like about Tom Holland's Spider-Man.
0: I don't know if we've talked about this or not, but I love that one. He he seems like an appropriate age for the character. Yes, but also he seems like he's just the perfect kind of good-looking and nerdy. Yes, he is. And then here's what's underrated about his character: his accent. Yeah, Tom Holland is not an American. He's no, not he's from British. Brooklyn. No, he's British. and yet his Spider-Man kind of has like that New York accent. I don't yep. remember the other the other actors doing any sort of special no. accent for that. I mean, I know he has to because he's not American, but like that he went that uh, on that much of a micro scale to yeah, it's just phenomenal.
1: Yep, I would agree with you. There's just like so much again. That's to me the triumph of Marvel was casting. Yeah, they've just cast perfectly um, on just about every role, like Anthony Mackie. Jeremy Renner, oh, yeah. Sebastian Stan, Elizabeth Olsen. Like, th- just the litany of people they have cast perfectly is, st- you know, Brie Larson was a great choice for Captain Marvel. Like, just a litany of good choices. And when, I mean, now they got the guy to be Blade. Like, they got Mershala Lee to be yes. Blade. Like, fuck. Oh, it's perfect. I don't want to see it, but I do now. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm so damn. in. damn. Like that's a hell of a casting coup. God damn. Whoever their casting person is should get like a Quintuple,
0: right? It's I like, hope they get all the money.
1: God wait.
0: <laughs> damn.
1: And you're like, they can't possibly get blah blah blah. Oh, they do. Oh, okay.
0: I yeah, right. That's the other thing. It's that's like,
1: why I'm waiting for the fantastic forecasting because it's gonna be like that's the most brilliant casting of all time.
0: And the other thing about the this this surprises me about the casting is that typically when I see movies with all star casts like this. I think there's no way this is going to be good.
1: Oh, when I heard Chris Pratt was going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, the doofus from Parks and Recreation? (laughs) Like all of these. And now he is the biggest movie. He's one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. Like these movies
0: are. I can't even fathom that. They're star-studded by
1: definition, like to the T. And like, they're phenomenal. Like when you think about Parks and Recreation, right? Amy Poehler was a big star. She was on Saturday Night Live and all that. And Aziz Ansari was like the young up-and-coming guy. Yep. The biggest star on that show <laughs> is Chris was Chris Pratt, who played the fat, bumbling idiot. <laughs> they had Rob Lowe.
0: People love the fat, bumbling Chris idiot. Chris
1: Pratt is a bigger star.
0: Yeah,
1: it's un. It's. Uh, I can't even. And it seems like it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. But like, good for him. Andy from Parks and Recreation good was in Guardians him. of the Galaxy and Jurassic Park.
0: Yeah. What is Chris Pratt yeah. doing? Uh, Counting his money. I mean, I mean, is, does he have any projects lined up or Yeah, anything? he's
1: doing Jurassic World 3. Yeah, okay. Uh, there is a third Guardians of the Galaxy that's going to be made shortly, and he's in right. an animated movie with Tom Holland.
0: In an animated movie?
1: Yeah, a Pixar movie, I think.
0: Oh. Oh. Far for Again. fuck's sake. Are you kidding me? I'm going to do an so animated perfect.
1: movie. Let me do an animated movie with the most talented animated stu- animation studio in the history of man. Yeah, sure.
0: Oh, like he, Guy has great taste. He, he just do, picks well. He can do a lot. Oh, God damn.
1: It just all comes down to choices. I, he makes good choices. He's chosen wisely, as they say in Indiana Jones. He chose wisely. Yeah. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy damn. was risky. If it didn't work, it was going to not really work. But it worked gangbusters. Jer- you know, rebooting Jurassic Park. That's risky. He's great in those movies. He's really terrific.
0: So he's got the action. He's got the comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and
1: he was in Zero Dark Thirty.
0: Fuck. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so, so, so right.
1: yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know
0: what's next for him other than like- Count his money. Performance pieces at the MFA. You know what I mean? Like, count I, money. <laughs> Jesus. Busy Ben. Busy <laughs> Just so, count money. action Gus? Yeah. Or? Just count
1: the money. God damn! Good for him. I'm yeah. I think it's. I like Chris Pratt. Great friend of the show, Chris Pratt. I'm a sucker for Guardians of the Galaxy. That's one of my favorite Marvel movies. The first one.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I
1: like the second one too, but the first one, I'm a sucker for. I love the first one.
0: Yeah, agreed. I like the first one way better. I remember
1: sitting through the first one, going, "Oh my god, I can't believe this movie works."
0: It's almost a perfect film. Oh
1: my god, this thing works, and I remember being like. They've, they, this thing is going to be huge. Like, this, you've yeah. got to be kidding me. The talking tree and the talking raccoon. <laughs> Fuck me.
0: Yeah. And the old wrestler.
1: Oh. Yeah. And the dude from Parks and Recreation. <laughs> yeah. And Uhura from the Star Trek reboot. Yep. And Avatar. Like, that's... <laughs> I can't believe it. That's great. I, the second one wasn't bad. I liked the second movie yeah, for what it was. Yeah. It was okay. I'm a sucker for the end of the second movie. I get emotional. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That is his dad. Yandu is his dad. And he had the cool car. He was Michael Knight from Knight Rider. He was yes. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yes. I get it. I, I love it. Chris uh, Kurt Russell was great in that movie. Like, it's not perfect, but he was a good choice.
0: He was a good choice. I'll give I love him, Kurt Russell. I'll give him that. I mean, you know, again, casting, but like. I love Kurt yeah. Russell. Yeah.
1: I love Kurt Russell. I also back to John Wick. I like that John Wick is doing the Fast and the Furious like stunt casting. Oh yeah. Like I love that. Like, give me more of that in an action world. Like the expendables, but better. <laughs> Again, like you're searching for a bad guy at the end of Fast and the Furious Six. Why wouldn't you get Jason Statham? Right. To me, that's one of the great that's the easiest yet greatest casting choice I've seen in a long time. Mm. It's a no brainer. Get the transporter. I totally get it. Oh, it's perfect. I totally get it. I think Liam Neeson should be his dad. Like, I have this whole family tree for I, him, yes, like, I agree. around. Can Pierce Brosnan be his uncle? Because you need James Bond. <laughs> yes. Do we need uh, Do we
0: need Liam Neeson in a Marvel flick?
1: Yeah. Why not? Why not? I mean, there's probably a part of me that thinks if Anthony Hopkins wasn't Odin, you could make a case that Liam Neeson would work.
0: Oh. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. But Anthony Hopkins is great.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's not to... It's Anthony Hopkins. It's Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Excuse me. These violent delights have violent. <laughs> <laughs> He's so great on West... I'll miss him on Westworld. He was so um, great.
0: Agreed. Uh, that's a great show. I
1: don't understand that show, but I just love it. I'm not sure I always get it, but I enjoy it. It, it entertains me.
0: You know, the first season uh, of that show... I for the most part I understood. Yeah. But what really helped me get into that kind of mindset was some of the Westworld podcasts out there. Uh, I probably should have that done sort that. of like dissected the episodes. That that kind of helped me get in that mindset. We've talked
1: about it. The guy who does the music on that show is my hero.
0: Oh. Yes. The
1: piano, the all piano orchestra, heart shaped box. It's great. Literally I stood up in my who living room and that? clapped. I think it's the guy who did the theme to Game of Thrones. You might be right. Which, who doesn't love electric cello?
0: Oh, I, I gotta look this up, because I'm so curious.
1: I, I bet it's the same guy. But his heart, the, heart the, uh, the idea that the player piano would play, like, pop songs. Yeah. Like, they did Black Hole Sun.
0: They Black did Hole ra- Sun was great. They did
1: a Radiohead song, which Radiohead in Westworld seems like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> As somebody who went down a Radiohead rabbit hole for a couple years. Your boy Aaron Paul is in season three of Westworld.
0: Next That's year. great. I love Aaron Paul.
1: I'd be. I'm interested to see now that the robots are in like the real world.
0: I kind of thought Aaron Paul was going to have a moment too. He, mm. after Breaking Bad, it seemed like he was going to have a, a thing, but then he did Need for Speed, and that sucked. Need for Speed was terrible. So, so, so he kind of disappeared. But uh, I'm excited for the, uh, the the, the, the movie, Breaking Bad movie. The Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, I think it's called.
1: That comes out in a couple of weeks, doesn't it?
0: It does. It sure does.
1: Brian Cranston in the movie, yes or no? Your your thoughts?
0: I I don't know if I want him to be.
1: I yeah, I understand. I can understand that as a Breaking Bad. You're more of a Breaking Bad person than me. I just have this weird. I have this weird sense that he probably is. I don't. Can they do anything
0: Breaking Bad without him? I mean, they do Better Call Saul, but like, isn't I've, the idea that I've at some asked point, you this
1: question a million times?
0: Yeah, not at some point, the idea that you know what you told on me it? once.
1: Yeah. Well, there's debate as to whether Walter White is really dead or not. It's true. So. Well, because the, the
0: obvious thing is, oh, he's dead, so they can't.
1: Well, that's what he wanted you to believe. Perhaps. But
0: yeah, I I don't know that that's entirely true. So if if he is in this El Camino thing that will confirm that he is not dead. Oh, I would
1: say so. Because that takes after place after movie.
0: it. Whereas Better Call Saul is, for the most part, I before he, or at the same time is breaking
1: Bad. I think he's going to end up on Better Call Saul at some point. I don't know how they'll do it, but I, I, I think they will.
0: Game of Thrones theme was composed by Ramin Dijwandi.
1: I'm pretty sure that's the guy who does the music for Westworld.
0: Let me click on his name. I'm probably butchering that name, by the way. Hey,
1: yeah, you did the best you could. I
0: tried. Uh, let's see. What else did you do, Ramin? He scored Iron Man, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, uh, Clash of the Titans, Pacific Rim, Warcraft, A Wrinkle in Time, Prison Break, Person of Interest, Jack Ryan, and Westworld. Told you. There it is. But yeah, that phenomenal uh,
1: heart shaped box. The heart shaped box. Was you want to know something
0: weird. else? He is a 1998 graduate of Berklee College of Music.
1: I knew that. I was going to go there. You have a shared history. Uh
0: yeah, yeah, and our success levels are about the same too.
1: I would agree. <laughs>
0: so, yeah.
1: But I that was one of the things I loved in the first couple seasons of Westworld was the player piano uh playing the the alternative rock songs and then the episode with the that was all centered on the Native Americans when they did Heart-Shaped Box as a piano orchestra. I was like, this is the greatest piece of music I've... This is incredible. So I'm looking forward to season three. I'm looking forward to Watchmen starting on HBO at the end of October. Oh, that's right. I'm excited to see what they do. Also, we were talking about Mega in our sponsor. I've been watching Righteous Gemstones on HBO. I highly recommend it. If you like Danny McBride... I highly recommend Righteous Gemstones. It's tremendous. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. John Goodman plays the head of a fictional evangelical church. No, you don't say. Uh, Danny McBride (laughs) is his oldest child. Um, Adam Devine is his uh, youngest. And uh, Edie Patterson, who was in uh, Vice Principals with Danny McBride, and Walton Goggins is the, the daughter. Walton Goggins is in it. <laughs> he plays John Goodman's brother in law. God damn it. Baby Bella Freeman. I love Walter. Oh, uh, Walton in Goggins. Pretty much, in pretty much anything. Walton Goggins. Walton is Goggins is incredible on this show. And, uh, you know, if you, like I said, if you liked McBride, if you liked Eastbound and Down, if you liked uh, Vice Principals, both shows I happen to enjoy.
0: Precious Gemstones.
1: Uh, Righteous Gemstones.
0: Righteous Gemstones.
1: Sunday nights on HBO. Before John Oliver.
0: Is the uh, is the HBO Watchmen thing going to be on their subscription service or is I don't it? Know. Just going to be straight HBO.
1: I hope it's straight HBO because I'm not paying sixteen dollars a month for their stupid service.
0: <laughs> yeah, what is it? It's like twenty bucks a HBO month for HBO Max, in general. It's
1: sixteen bucks. The streaming service is going to be sixteen dollars. Yeah. HBO Max.
0: That's what. Yeah, that's right.
1: I'm maxed out. I'm getting Disney Plus in a couple months, and that's it.
0: You're not getting Peacock.
1: I mean, I would because I love the show AP Bio which you can only get on that service, but I uh-huh. I don't know that I can afford another streaming service. Yeah. So. Shout out to AP Bio, Glenn Howerton, Patton Oswalt. <laughs> that was a quality show. I wish more people had watched it. You guys missed out. It's It was really funny. Underrated funny. Mm.
0: Well, Patton Oswalt's hilarious.
1: He plays the principal of a high school. That's perfect. And uh, Glenn Howerton, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Dennis... Uh, is a teacher at the high school Who comes back to his hometown of uh, Ohio And uh, I want to say it's Toledo, Ohio He is a Harvard educated uh, Philosophy scholar Who has fallen far And has now taken a job teaching At his old high school <laughs> Patton <laughs> Oswald Plays the principal of the high school yeah, It's right. tremendous The kids in that show are hilarious I love AP Shout out to AP Bio
0: Go Cougars! I, I, don't, I don't
1: know. Uh, I want to say I want to. they like the, They might be the Cougars. <laughs> yeah, don't hold me to that. They might, they be, might be the Cougars. Oh, and Paula Pell from Saturday Night Live plays like the school secretary. She's hilarious.
0: How long was that on for?
1: Uh like two or three seasons. Yeah. And they're going to bring it back on Peacock.
0: On Pea, yeah, okay.
1: The NBC Universal streaming service. Yeah. It feels like a, a warmed-over Thirty Rock joke. Kinda. I feel like I feel like Jack Donaghy named it Peacock.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen any commercials for Peacock per se. Well, it's
1: not coming out for like a year.
0: But so. I did see recently an NBC commercial for NBC. Uh, right. And at the end of the day, it was like all a big joke about the Peacock. You know, all the all these these stars on all these NBC shows are like, yeah, we work for the Peacock. He's great. He you know, he writes some of the best comedy. And he's there's like an actual Peacock in in like board meetings and of stuff. There and is. Yeah, and it's like home of the peacock. It's like oh, what boy. the hell are you talking about? But Well, you got to get the See, I know what they're getting at. So do I. But like my wife was watching and she's like what the
1: fuck is happening?
0: So confusing.
1: There's some uh, jokes I could make that are very crude. So it's I just won't.
0: it's such a bad name. I
1: want to make one. They just want to get the peacock some exposure.
0: It's it's such a bad name. Like It's a horrible name. I I horrible name. Like I'm not a big fan of Can copycats say, but, HBO like, Max sucks too. It's not great. Nope, it's not great. But it's better than Peacock.
1: I have to say it. I think Disney Plus works. Simple
0: Disney Disney Plus. Uh, y- you understand what it is in two seconds. Yeah, Apple Plus. Um, yeah, FX Plus. Like or th- FX Now. Like there, there are conventions here, and I'm not a huge fan of copycats, but no. the conventions seem to be working. You know, why Whatever.
1: isn't it Warner Brothers Max?
0: Warner Brothers, it's too long
1: or warner max mm. warner's plus
0: is it too much Wa- is warner it too now. big of an umbrella
1: it's the name of the studio
0: yeah that's what i'm saying It goes
1: back to the beginning of the movie business for crying out loud it's one of the oldest movie studios in the country i don't what know what the fuck is hbo max what the fuck <laughs> hbo <laughs> now hbo go hbo go well, fuck yourself well, HB- i don't know
0: hbo go a thing
1: i know i have it
0: yeah i don't know i just to, for them That's to just, just go in a completely different direction, it's just weird. It's like they have NBC Sports Gold as well,
1: and to be stupid so like expensive. Warner, like, like, like Disney Plus is relatively inexpensive. Netflix is, but Warner Brothers has just decided to go stupid expensive. Sixteen dollars a month.
0: Even Apple's not going that oh, expensive.
1: Get a life, man.
0: That's yeah. I don't know. People are really pushing it.
1: What am I buying <laughs> for sixteen dollars a month on Warner? I know they just signed JJ Abrams to stupid money. I mean, God bless JJ. Great friend of the show. Three months to Star Wars, JJ. TikTok, TikTok. Uh like DC Universe works. That's a nice name.
0: You know? That just it works. I get that. Yeah, it's a good name. Peacock.
1: (laughs) So so And, and the logo I saw for it doesn't even have a peacock. It has the three colors and it says peacock. What the what? F- what the hell? The NBC logo is the goddamn it, it peacock. It is a
0: fucking peacock. <laughs> it's
1: like I can't make this up, folks. God damn it. Remember when NBC was the gold standard of television? Yeah. Cheers, Family Ties, ER, oh, Seinfeld. They remind friends. you as many times again. Well, you would too if you had you haven't had a hit in that long. In this uh in this commercial
0: for itself, it reminds you of all the great comedies that have been on NBC.
1: (laughs) It doesn't, I assume mention the guy who had the family sitcom that we can't mention anymore.
0: I don't think it does. No, you wouldn't want to. I don't think it does.
1: Well, you see the comedy and the sitcom anyway.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a, I'm pretty sure that was a conscious decision. I don't think so. But again, from a studio who's, uh, so inept, uh, that they named their streaming service Peacock.
1: Well, this has been a
0: great, know ah,
1: episode 13,
0: episode 13. Thanks for tuning in. This has been fantastic. <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, this is our 13th episode. <laughs> yeah.
1: The one where Jeff and Sean have given up. This is it guys.
0: This is Saturday episode 13.
1: We don't have a title for this.
0: I don't even know what I'm gonna call this. I have a few ideas. Sometimes I have ideas as we're as we're going, but like I don't even know.
1: We'll figure it out. Batman Day, guys. Batman Day. Everybody enjoy your day. Thanks for listening. Uh, feel free sh- send us an email, send us a tweet, send us a Facebook message, an Instagram, a Snapchat, yeah. a face, a MyBook, an Instachat, a carrier pigeon, a raven, a Saint Bernard with a little barrel around its neck. <laughs> <laughs> however, choo- however you choose to send messages and greetings, yeah, 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 please don't send us an edible arrangement. God, nobody needs that much fruit.
0: I, mm, please no.
1: But we'll we'll we definitely value your input. Your postcard, emails, I'll take a postcard. Postcard. Sean uh, is still looking for the best calzone in the Boston area. I think,
0: I think the input has been great. I, I want more input like we got on episode 12. I too. I want to make the comment section a thing. I want interaction,
1: yeah. and I'm deeply going to regret saying this, but I'd love to interact with you, our uh, great friends of the show, because without you, none of this would be possible. Until next time, it's your old buddy, Jeff Garoni. And
0: Sean Beachum.
1: Wanted by none.